What's up, everybody? Welcome to the free ball and free ball and fantasy podcast. Free ball and fantasy football first podcast. First podcast, first episode. We are getting ready for for week one here. Um, my name is Mike Shizzle. I uh, recently found that I enjoy podcasting a lot. I have a podcast with my buddy called the Ramblewood Podcast. Uh, my buddy Parker. If you want to hear two dudes say stupid shit for an hour a week and talk about nothing, you can check that out. Uh, but yeah, we're. I found a passion in fantasy football, so I decided I wanted to start this, and uh, Jackson has agreed to do it with me. So, yes, sir. What's up, guys? I'm Jackson. I'm really looking forward to this. I love football. Mike came to me with this idea, so it was it was a done deal. Hell yeah, I'm super stoked. Um, so throughout the season, we're planning on doing previews and recaps of every week. Uh, we're gonna emphasize heavily on the fantasy side of things, but we'll talk about football in general. We'll do some gambling lines, some props. Um, just some different stuff, just, you know, another source of analysis, um, in that sense from the NFL as a whole. Uh, but today we're going to do, we'll do a little, it's a little late for fantasy advice. We kind of threw this together, uh, last minute, obviously kickoff is tomorrow, which I'm fucking stoked for. Oh yeah. Chiefs Texans game one. It's going to be a great one. That's the Mitch Trubisky bowl. (laughs) The Mitch, two teams that, Oh, man. Both have quarterbacks that the Bears should have taken. Jackson's a Bears fan, so I'm probably yes, going to give him a lot of shit for that constantly. But, um, yeah, so that'll be a good game. Uh, it's a little late for fantasy advice, though, so we're just going to go over some guys we think were reaches and some guys we think were steals. So if you got them, congratulations. If not, sorry about it. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of parody on this show, too, because we seem to have some differing opinions, so that'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to keep bets throughout the season and uh, just stat them up at the end and see who was right about more stuff. Uh, we're going to do some hot takes. We're going to do all the things. So um, start with some news. We got something going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Kareem Hunt, two-year extension today. Uh, didn't break the bank, but they're obviously locking him up for the future, so he won't be a free agent at the end of the season. Um, does that scare you for Nick Chubb's outlook at all? It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Nick Chubb is the guy I've been highest on. Uh, I took him at 9 and 10 in both my drafts, but honestly, oh, wow. okay. I feel like he could be a top-five guy. He had 1,800 yards last year, even with Kareem Hunt on board. And people talk about taking targets, you know, OBJ and Jarvis Landry, but Mm -hmm. I still don't see how that affects Chubb because having these receivers isn't going to make them run or pass any any more or less when you have two great running backs like that. Yeah, no, I'm rocking with that. I I mean, Kevin Stefanski, it'll be his first year running the offense, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. But obviously, like, Nick Chubb was more efficient than Derrick Henry last year, which a lot of people don't realize. I mean, he's ground and pound. He doesn't catch the ball much, but... Um, and that's where Hunt fits in is he's, he's that pass catching back and he's been in the receiver room all off season too, you know, working routes, running out of the slot. So that doesn't scare me at all. I just, I think they have a, you know, a dynamic offense and I think Chubb gets all his work. I think they have the best skill position group in the whole league. Look at everyone. Yeah, no, they, they certainly make a case for sure. Uh, Devonte Parker's back at practice, uh, should be good for week one. It looks like, so that's, 
positive outlook for Miami's offense? Absolutely. I mean, he's their number one guy. They need him if they're going to stand a chance against the Patriots. You know, a lot of these Patriots defenders have opted out, but not Gilmore, not the McCourties. So beating them in the past is going to be the most difficult thing to do. Yeah, the secondary for the Patriots is still still pretty solid. Uh, a lot of people were getting higher on Preston Williams, especially with Devontae Parker out for a little bit. But if he's coming back, I'm going to fade Preston Williams a little bit. He might be a good flex option, but I would agree. Probably not going to start him this week against the Patriots. Maybe not week one against Patriots, yeah. Um, as of 42 minutes ago, actually, Jalen Rager is, quote, doing everything in practice on Wednesday. Uh, he's been doubtful. It's you know we weren't sure how much time he was going to miss. It was two weeks. It was a month. It was whatever. But looks like he might be back for week one. So if you if Jalen Rager went undrafted in your league, you might want to go drop your your last bench piece. Go put in some fab on him. Um, I would agree with that, especially given how volatile the Eagles' wide receiver situation has been the last couple of years. Yeah. If they can get a guy like him or anyone to step up, he's going to turn into the number one guy. Hundred percent. Yeah. Alshon is not going to be back. For a while, and if he comes back, you know, who knows if he'll be healthy. You know, Djax, we can only hope he'll last the whole season, but, you know, he's always out after two weeks. So Jalen Rager is definitely a good option to have. Uh, James Conner to be the bell cow, according to head coach Mike Tomlin. Um, I mean, I don't think that's a surprise. No, definitely not. Um, it's just more reassurance that they're not going to ease him back after his injury history. So I would say if he can stay healthy, he has top five potential. He's That's been a ceiling. trendy fantasy pick. You know, I've seen him decently low. I've seen him maybe early third round in some drafts. That's mm-hmm. that's a great pick if you can get him, especially after that reassurance. He has been a little inconsistent in the past, especially with injuries, but we've seen him do it, and we've seen him do it well. Yeah. I mean, if you can get him as your RB2, uh, that's that's good. If you if you start running back, running back, you can get him as your third. That, that was a great move. Uh, looking at the way the draft played out this year. So I'm I'm high on James Conner. Um, you have to plan for injuries, but you also have to, like, anyone could get hurt on any day. So. Absolutely. Um, and healthy James Conner is, is very, very good. And uh, last piece of news here, Aaron Jones says, he says at least, that him and the Packers are working towards a new deal. Um, that's kind of surprising to me. Uh, I think he's going to want a lot more than they're willing to give. Uh, just given the fact that, you know, the way running backs are getting extended these days. and But, you know, Aaron Jones is – he was really good last year. He was RB3, 2? He was up there, especially he had a couple of games where he had like three or four touchdowns. Yeah, if you had him in fantasy, it was kind of a headache because he'd have weeks with four points and then weeks with 45 <laughs> points. But um, obviously a very solid player. I think the Packers' offense is best when Aaron Jones gets all the touches, but for whatever reason – um, they insist on splitting up the work and giving touches to Jamal Williams, and now they have AJ Dillon. So um, that'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Twenty touchdowns last year, though. Twenty, wow. Um, definitely due for touchdown regression, but I mean, I could see him getting twelve to fourteen pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, he'll still be the guy. I'm not too surprised by the extension. I mean, if you look at the Packers draft, they went Jordan Love first round, and then after that, they went running back, and all offensive line. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that the 49ers handled them twice with their style of football kind of showed the Packers, Rodgers is still great, but can he win us that game Mm -hmm. against a top defense who could run the clock out? I think that's kind of what they're modeling their team after now. So seeing them lock up their number one back isn't too shocking to me. That's interesting. I'm here for that, honestly. I was was shocked by the, the Jordan Love pick. I think 
most people most were, people were but, you especially know. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm done trying to figure out what what the hell they're doing in Green Bay, but we'll we'll see if it works for them. I mean, they were 13 and 3 last year. Uh one of the worst 13 and 3 teams I've ever seen, but 13 Absolutely. and 3 nonetheless. So, it'll be interesting to see. All right. Um let's get into our reaches and reaches and steals. You want to go first? Sure. We're going to go position by position. We're not going to do defenses and kickers because how do you do that? If you reached on Justin Tucker, I You're don't dumb. really blame you. Or I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> There's some parody right off the bat. <laughs> All right. For my quarterback, my reach was Kyler Murray. And we're in Arizona right now, so I'm making some hate. But he, he's been drafted as QB4, average draft position about 57. Don't get me wrong. I think with DeAndre Hopkins and that offense, there will be an entirely new element. I think that he will take a sophomore leap, but he's directly in front of Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers even. We've seen these guys do it all the time, and I don't know if I trust Kingsbury enough to take Kyler Murray as the fourth quarterback in the draft. Yeah, it's definitely interesting with Kyler. Um, I would agree it's a bit of a reach. I took him in one league at the five. I had the 12 spot, and I took him at the 5-6 turn. Um, just because I didn't love who was who was left there for me. And I didn't love how my draft turned out. I mean, it was fine. But um, it'll be interesting. A lot of people are kind of project, projecting him to be like the next Lamar Jackson, yep. which is tough to do because there's not always a next Lamar Jackson. Like, he, he certainly fits the mold. You know, talented passer, talented runner, you know, good first year, had his struggles offseason, gets, you know, Gets DeAndre Hopkins added to the offense, which is obviously a huge bump. You know, consistency in Kenyon Drake, you know, a running back that now fits their system uh, as opposed to David Johnson, who obviously he was didn't. Ex- Drake was excellent after they acquired him last year. Yeah, no, Drake was insane. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i in on the Kyler Murray jump. I just, I, I agree it's a bit of a reach to just assume it's going to happen and take him that high. I think he's going a little too high for me. Uh, my first reach is also a quarterback, and um, it's Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's going as the quarterback three, and uh, his ADP is about 40. And the problem with Deshaun Watson for me, obviously, you know, other than losing his number one option, is, uh, you know, he's he's got... Okay, so he's got Brandon Cooks, right? He added Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has a history of being... Uh, wide receiver one on the teams he goes to obviously been he had on quite a lot of teams been on quite a lot of teams he had the concussion injuries issues last year which was tough for him uh but he he lost the D god I can't talk today he lost DeAndre Hopkins his number one target who he threw to 150 times <laughs> so I don't understand you know he adds David Johnson to his backfield who a healthy David Johnson is an upgrade from Carlos Hyde but it's still... Have we seen healthy David Johnson no, lately? it's been like five years. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, that's that's a scary situation. And I don't know, man. I don't know how you can take him as the QB3 over Dak Prescott, who was solid last year. You know, if you're predicting the Kyler jump, I would take Kyler over Deshaun Watson. You know, there's the whole let Russ cook movement with Russell Wilson. And if Pete Carroll could stop being stupid and actually let Russ cook, Russ would be you know, a top two quarterback every single year. But, Agreed. you know, Russell Wilson's upside is well over Deshaun Watson's at this point. I mean, you know, he's going to throw to Will Fuller, who's always hurt. He's got Kenny Stills, who's always overrated. You know, Brandon Cooks is solid. Um, Randall Cobb is an interesting piece because people don't realize how many targets he got in Dallas last year, and he's just a very safe floor 
mid-route type wide receiver. He needs to stay in the slot, though. If they lose Fuller, yeah. which they most likely will, as, as far as his history has gone, I don't, I don't know what they're going to go opposite Cooks on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I mean, that's that's kind of my outlook on Deshaun Watson. Great NFL player, great quarterback, just going going too high for me. All right, next reach. All right, got my running back, and I'm doing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire Ooh. for the Chiefs. Right now he's running back 7, um, ADP about 8.5 over guys like Jacobs, Mixon, Chubb, who I just spoke about. Those are top guys. Those are guys who we've seen in the in the NFL put it together. And I know that Edwards Hilaire is a very exciting prospect. He played for the beast offense at LSU, and now he's going to the beast offense at Kansas City. He's immediately their starter. But can you take him over guys who have put up a thousand yards in the league before? It's tough. It's tough. I'm I'm in on the Clyde hype. Um He's kind of being discussed as like, you know, the earliest you can take him and not get looked at like you're crazy is like four, which is oh, well over his ADP. I think that's crazy. Um, that's, I mean, that's a gamble for sure. Uh, especially, you know, we know he's not he's going to split carries week one um, at least. So it'll be interesting to see what he does tomorrow. I buy the Clyde hype mostly because Andy Reid has always wanted a workhorse. He's always tried to use a workhorse. A lot of people look at the split back system of the last two years in Kansas City and they're like, you know, that's going to be Clyde's future. And the reason those backs were split is because they were all underperforming. None of them were doing what Andy Reid wanted, you know, whether it was fumbling issues or, you know, just not consistent production. That's why he kept doing different things. That's why he brought in Shady last year. That's why, um, you know, he was swapping between the Williams, not brothers, but, you know, off by one letter, <laughs> Darren and Daryl, uh, Darwin Thompson is, uh, got his touches. Damian Williams opted out, correct? Damian Williams did opt out, which is the only... I would say high enough talent still on the roster that would have competed for, for yeah, touches. It's looking like Daryl will be their number so, two back. Daryl's number two. He's going to get some touches. He might get some goal line work, but I think it's Clyde's backfield. But it, it is a big gamble. Um, on one hand, you look at what Kareem Hunt did a few years ago, and mm-hmm. you know you can easily make the case that that's what Andy Reid is chasing in Clyde, um, a guy he compared to Brian Westbrook, which is you know his workhorse from Philly and we all know what Brian Westbrook did in Philly, but on the other hand, you know, there's, there's some risk there. So I, I could see that being a risk at ADP. I don't hate it, but at least I think if you took him, you probably should have doubled down on running back in the second round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With an established player, a solid, solid, uh, second option. I would agree. Um, my next reach is actually Joe Mixon, funny enough. And I know this is your boy, so this will be a fun conversation. <laughs> um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant about Joe Mixon here really quick. Everyone, Everyone's always talking about you know Joe Mixon's second half last year, what he did after the bye week, all of that stuff. I'm going to read you some numbers. In the first half, six rushing attempts, 10 yards, 11 for 17, 15 for 60, 15 for 62, 19 for 93. That's a good game. 8 for 10, 10 for 2, 17 for 66, zero touchdowns. Now, they come back from the bye week. He obviously does a lot better. Um, He ends the season with 278 rushes, which is a lot, for 1,137 yards, which is 4.1 yards per attempt, which is pretty average, kind of below average. Um, Only five touchdowns. Two of them came in week 17, so you could say maybe he's due for some touchdown positive regression. I hate that term, positive regression. It's just progression. <laughs> touchdown progression, 
Um, or you could make the case that maybe he just doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. I don't really know. Remains to be seen. But three weeks in that second half, week 10, week 13, week 16, he averaged under four yards per attempt despite getting a ton of carries. In week 10, he did 30 carries for 114 yards. That's 3.8 yards per attempt. Granted, it was against Baltimore. But week 13, 19 carries for 44 yards. That's 2.3 yards per attempt. And twenty in week 16 against Miami, 21 carries for 50 yards. That's 2.4 yards per attempt. What does all this mean? It's a big blech for me. I just, Joe Mixon to me, he's a good RB2. If you got him in the second round as your second player, um, I'm happy for you. I think he's he has upside. I'm not out on him, the player, or his career. I just think his ADP in the first round, building your fantasy team around someone who had 4.1 yards per attempt and only five touchdowns last year, that's that's bold to me. It's bold. Yeah, I would only like him as a late first-rounder, but, I mean, he was on the Bengals last year. They were the most sorry team in the league. They had no resemblance of a passing offense. Uh, now they get Joe Burrow. Is he the guy that he was at LSU? I don't know. They're getting back their left tackle, who missed the entire season last year. And like you said, at least his second half was was good. If it was his second half that looked like his first half, I would say he would yeah, be a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um I, I own one share of Joe Mixon. I have nine teams. I have one share of Joe Mixon. I got him in the fourth round wow. in a 10-man. It was my home league, and home leagues are notoriously uneducated. And somehow he came around the fourth round, so I took him. But I was probably I was kind of laughing. because probably talked him out of it. I, I swore him off. <laughs> I was like, no, no Joe Mixon for me, but I ended up with him. Um, but yeah, Joe Mixon's my second, my second reach. Love that. All right. My next guy is going to be OBJ. OBJ. The shitter himself. He's, got, <laughs> he's at ADP 42 right now. Uh, he's over top guys like Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett. Those guys are the number one receiver on their teams. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen is pretty low. OBJ, like, I know I talked about um, Chubb earlier that I'm not scared of them taking touches away and I still stand by that I I don't think they're going to pass or or run any less but OBJ last year was in PPR the number 25 receiver Mm -hmm. and all they've done since then is get Austin Hooper who was a top tight end last year yeah and they paid him a lot too which means they're going to use him OBJ is a solid number two receiver if he's your first receiver I would think about trying to see if someone buys high on him on his name because his production will not meet his name once again this year yeah obj is tricky for me uh i'm a giants fan so i i have a love for obj even though we traded him and i'm glad we did in hindsight (laughs) um yeah i mean you know he got 133 targets last year and he only caught 74 passes now i know him and baker were out of sync and you know that offense was just an absolute nightmare freddie kitchens was in no way qualified to be a head coach so that was that was bad but he you know he had a thousand yards last year um an improved baker improved offensive line you know there are a lot of mouths to feed um he'll be a thousand yard receiver this year i just don't i don't know if i buy him for his value he's he struggled in the red zone last year as well mm -hmm. pulling in touchdowns for a guy like him is is vital yeah he only had four touchdowns last year four touchdowns and three of them came in the second half after week 12 he had one he had touchdown, one through, touchdown week through week 11. Mm-hmm. That's not going to fly. Yeah, no. 
even as a wide receiver too. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It'll be interesting. OBJ is one of those players for me. I have to see it before I buy it again. You know, some people I'll buy the hype, you know, like for example, um, I know you're not high on Juju, but I'm more inclined to buy that Juju will be back with Big Ben than I will I agree with that. buy OBJ before I see him do it. Because, you know. I agree with that. Yeah. Hey, Cleveland was a train wreck last year. It was tough to watch. I'd like to say that I called that too. <laughs> Didn't buy the hype. <laughs> uh, my next reach is actually D-Hop uh, playing off of Deshaun Watson earlier. Uh, he's going from Deshaun Watson, who is a much better NFL quarterback than Kyler Murray. Um, assuming Kyler takes the jump. It'll be interesting. Uh, Kyler did throw the ball a little more than Watson last year, but not by much. Uh, here's the problem with D-Hop's situation in Arizona is Arizona has a premier pass-catching running back in Kenyon Drake and a heavy run offense in Cliff Kingsbury's system. And I just don't see 150 targets for D-Hop this year. And he's going at wide receiver five. So... Um, I think D Hop is another player who's going to be an amazing NFL player this year. Who do you like right behind him? Either the Tampa Bay guys, um, Galladay, perhaps. Oh, like as far as who I would take over him, I take Chris Godwin before Godwin? I take D Hop. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, D Hop, 150 targets, 104 receptions last year. You know, if you cut that to 120, that's only 80 receptions. And with a career yards per catch of 11.2, you know, that's under 1,000 yards. That's his floor, obviously. You know, he could do a lot more than that. Um, But it it scares me with Drake there. Also, uh, worth noting, Deshaun Watson uh, is the nine quarterback, was the nine quarterback last year in true throw value. If you don't know what true throw value is, it's a stat created by uh, brotofantasy.com. Uh, cheap plug. I actually write articles for them. Go check them out. Um, but it's a stat that basically quantifies each throw that a quarterback makes in a fantasy point value. So every time Deshaun Watson threw the ball last year, um, it was worth. He was he was ranked ninth. I actually have it right here. Let me let me get the exact number. Deshaun Watson ninth. It was worth point five one one fantasy points. So that takes touchdowns and everything into consideration. Uh, the league leader was Ryan Tannehill with six seven two, and then Lamar was six three two. Yeah, a lot of people sleeping on Ryan Tannehill. Um, I'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, Kyler Murray was all the way down at twenty fifth in true throw value. So now again, we're predicting a jump from Kyler. But how much is that jump? And all of his throws are worth considerably less. So if he's getting less targets and his throws are worth less, um, I think it's safe to say that D Hop will be less productive of a fantasy player. I think he's going to be an X factor for the Cardinals. Absolutely. I like their outlook a lot, but I just don't see him as your second round pick, early second round pick in in fantasy. So, all right. Last one, last reach. Last reach. This one was pretty obvious for me. It's Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> 66 ADP. He's the tight end 6 right now. I I love Tampa's offense. I love what they're going to do this year, and I love Gronk getting back with Brady. I think that's awesome. But Gronk is not, he has been retired. And when he was playing, and partying. he was very injury prone. Yep. Uh, this is a quarantine year. You know, he's not getting preseason, which would have been great for a guy who's taken, is it a, just a year off or yeah, two? Yeah, it was just a year. Just a year? Um, I mean, his last season, it seemed like a year off. Exactly. I owned him in fantasy and he's, he's it was awful. <laughs> so how can you trust him? 
How can you trust him at number 66 when you have Evan Ingram right behind, who I'm a big fan of, Hunter Henry, a good 17 picks back, who was very strong last year, and now he doesn't have a gunslinger. He has a guy in Tyrod Taylor who's going to look for safety blankets. I don't see how Gronk, 66, tight end 6, is a good move at all. Nah, tight end 6 is nuts. I, I mean, I'm a big, if you don't get one of the top tight ends who you can set and forget every single week, you're better off with your draft strategy taking, I think taking a flyer. think tight is very, very deep. Yeah, there's a ton of really this year. Un, really talented undrafted players. Jonu Smith, Chris Herndon, um, Noah Fant sometimes, you know, guys who... I see Fant back there, Higby back there. Mm-hmm. Those are guys that, you know, usually in a 12-team league, you know, if you're the, if you're one of the shitty teams, then you're streaming those tight ends. But you can get these guys who are going to get consistent targets every week on every team. Mm-hmm. And you can craft a team, too, planning around streaming tight ends. And as long as you do your homework, you'll be just fine. But if you spend the draft capital on a guy like Grunk, you're going to feel like you have to start him every week. Absolutely. And that's the other problem. That's a problem. I wouldn't be surprised if he got no work on the inside of the 20s. I think he'll be a red zone piece. He'll need a backup if you got him. Yeah, yeah. Gronk is... I want no part of Gronk this year. Um, my last reach is Stefan Diggs. Um, I'm going to reference back to true throw value again. Um, basically, Stefan Diggs went from a true throw value in Kirk Cousins, who was seventh at 0.55, all the way down to Josh Allen, who's 20th at 0.437. Josh Allen is known for struggling with the deep ball, which is Diggs' specialty. On top of that, John Brown who is also a flyer, deep threat kind of guy, Um, they're now sharing the field. So it'll be interesting to see how they use Diggs, um, if he runs more intermediate routes, you know, if he works out of the slot sometimes, some different stuff like that. But for the most part, I mean, he got a worse quarterback. He went to a run-heavier offense uh, from Minnesota to Buffalo. Stephon Diggs, yeah, he's the best. He's the most talented wide receiver on his team, but I don't know if you can rely on his fantasy production. He was already pretty up and down last year. Being the deep threat guy, deep threat guys are notoriously up and down as it is. Um, I just didn't like him where he went. Um, He was, his ADP is 57, wide receiver 24, so he's in that wide receiver 2 category. Um, That's just, that's too high for me at this point. I think it's a risk. Um, and not to mention, he outperformed his true throw value as well. So uh, based on his true throw value coupled with his stats, he w- should have been the wide receiver 25. He finished at 22. And John Brown, funny enough, finished as wide receiver 19. But based on his true throw value, he hmm. should have been the wide receiver 31. So he way outperformed his true throw value, which means the ball coming out of Josh Allen's hand is just not great. You know, and and that could be a testament to John Brown doing more with his opportunities, uh, but it could also be a testament of you know sometimes you I get did lucky. Like John Brown in games that I saw the Bills last year. Yeah, no, John Brown. He's a he's a good flyer. He's a good deep threat guy. Um, there's a chance you were able to grab John Brown for almost nothing at the end of your draft, um, and he, you know he had over two hundred two hundred twenty fantasy points last year. So keep an eye on him. Maybe he's on your waiver wire if you're in a more shallow league too. I think I like Diggs. About where he's at with his ADP. I think he's going to be the number one guy in that Buffalo offense. There's a couple guys behind him, perhaps, I would strongly consider. But there's also a couple guys ahead of him I would probably take him over. So I think he's about a good spot. Yeah. Back-end wide receiver, too. Um, I don't trust him, but it's not it's not crazy if you took him if you took him there. I just I like the other guys who are, who yep. are sitting there. But 
Uh, you have one more reach, right? No, nope, that's it, all mine. That's four? Okay, well, let's go to steals then. Um, I've mentioned most of these guys already, but I will start with uh, Mr. Ryan Tannehill, just because I mentioned him earlier. He is currently going as the QB 18. His ADP is 130, and uh, he's basically free. He's probably undrafted in your league, unless your league likes to take backup quarterbacks. If you're in a super flex league, Ryan Tannehill is a stud. He was the QB 6 last year in the stretch that he played. So after Marcus Mariota got benched, he came in in week 6. He was the QB 6 during that time. Um, Like I said, he's the true throw value king. And his touchdown percentage was 7.2% to Lamar Jackson's 9%. Which means that... And he still beat Lamar Jackson out in true throw value. Which means that Ryan Tannehill is even more efficient because he didn't have as many touchdowns to bring that number up. Um, Ryan Tannehill, that's also not an outlier. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, perennial backup. Ryan Tannehill is kind of a nobody, whatever. Uh, When he was in Miami, he was the... uh, He was on sixth, I believe, in true throw value, his last year in Miami before he went to Tennessee. So he is he's an efficient quarterback. He gets slept on a lot. People see the fact that, you know, he'll only throw it 17 times in a game sometimes and they get scared away from that. But, you know, if he's throwing it 17 times, he's completing 14 of them and he's got two touchdowns. So, you know, he's he's doing the work. He's not going to score you, you know, 25, 26 fantasy points every game, but he's definitely a sleeper. He's a great tight end to stream, and if you pick him up, put him in, and he does well, I'd consider stashing him for the season. I like Tannehill, too. I think as a backup, uh, at least at first, he'd be a good option. You know, you look at other guys. I'm looking at other guys in this area. Not many of them have the uh, boom potential that he does after what he showed last year. Cousins doesn't excite me. Not at all. Uh, Jimmy G is a good player, but the way that their offense runs, you never know if he's going to have to only pass eight times a game. Mm-hmm. Rivers threw 20 interceptions last year. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like Tannehill in this in this area. 100%. I might consider Drew Locke over him if I'm really looking for a boom as a backup. Yeah, some upside. Absolutely. If you have, like, a guy like Breeze as your starter who mm-hmm. who's old, maybe a little frail, but gets it done when, when he plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Who's your first steal? My first steal, this one was fairly easy for me. It's Tom Brady at quarterback. Interesting. Quarterback 11 for the GOAT, Tom Brady. <laughs> Josh Allen in front of him. Give me a break. You see the guys that Brady has now? He's been he's been tossing the Edelman and Sanu for the last year and a half. Now he gets Mike Evans, who's the best receiver they've had since Randy Moss. Chris Godwin, who's probably the best number two he's ever had. Uh, you could make the argument Godwin's is number one, too. Godwin is very true. good at football. Godwin's a better, probably a better possession receiver than Evans is. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Gronk, who is an X factor. I know I shit talked him a little bit earlier, but we know that Gronk can get it done if he if he's healthy. They got OJ Howard, another X factor, who Brady might be the perfect guy to get him figuring stuff out. That could be interesting. I'm also a fan of Cameron Bright, their number three tight end. Funny enough, mm-hmm. uh, they got running backs up the ass now. Like that whole Tampa offense is insane. Bruce Arians is the coach. You know he's going to want to sling it. He's going to want to let Brady do his thing. I think Tom Brady at quarterback 11 is a joke. Yeah, 11 is good. Uh, 11's interesting because that's his average draft position. And I feel like when you're in a draft, it's either somebody reaches for him because, you know, they're like, oh, my God, it's Tom Brady, whatever. I've seen a few reaches. And then sometimes he just 
absolutely plummets. And it's like, why hasn't anyone taken him yet? So Tom Brady's interesting. I'd take him at quarterback 11. Um, I was out on that offense. I think I'd take him at seven or so. Yeah. Quarterback seven. Who does that bump him ahead of? I see Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Matty Ice, Rodgers even with their new look offense. Uh, yeah, I'd take him over Rodgers. Um, if I see enough week one, uh, I might take him over Breeze as well. They're playing each other. It's going to be a great I think game. I'd, I think I'd do that too. The one case for Josh Allen is he does use his legs, which is very helpful for fantasy. He's I had too him, inconsistent for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I streamed him all last year because I forget who I drafted at quarterback, but it was a nightmare. <laughs> and uh, Oh, I think, it was, I think it was your boy. I took a late shot on Trubisky's. Uh, oh, boy. After a 13-3 and three season, I was like, he's going to step up. He did not. Um, so I streamed Josh Allen all year, and, and his leg work saved me. But that's that's scary to rely on. So I'm with you there on Brady. Um, I'm going to keep it quarterback real quick and go Matthew Stafford. Matty Stafford. Um, he's, he's going as after week one. Yeah. QB 13, 101 in ADP. And the thing with Matt Stafford that nobody realizes is he was on a historic pace before he went out. Um after week eight last season, he was on pace well, for he throws, 40 touchdowns. He throws 40 times a game because they're yeah. always losing. Mm-hmm. 40 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Um, I don't like Matt Patricia, but I like Matt Stafford, and I like Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones in the same offense. I think TJ Hawkinson is due for a step up. Um, Matt Stafford at 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, he would have been a top four quarterback, three quarterback last year. Um I'm buying that big time. I think he is still really good. I think, you know, the whole let Russ cook thing in Seattle, I think for what it's worth, Matt Patricia finally realized, let's stop trying to run the ball with our obnoxious array of bad running backs and well, let's let him have, throw. Now they have an even, even bigger array of running backs. Yeah, now it's, it's still weird. Um, but I think they're they're going to let Stafford throw 40 times a game, and I think he's going to get it done, and I love him in fantasy this year. Stafford's always a good fantasy guy. His fantasy outlook's always better than the team outlook. Probably again this year, although I do think the Lions will be much better than last year. They were mm-hmm. quite sad last year. I, I actually like, have the I like Lions. The idea of Stafford. I actually have the Lions winning the division. I'm sure you love to wow. hear that. Wow. Yeah. That is shocking. <laughs> I see him at three or three or four again. Oh, wow. Stafford's a good pickup. Pick him up after week one. Uh, the Lions haven't beat the Bears in three years. Don't count on him to do anything about our great defense. Dang. Can't wait till we get to the bets section because oh, I, yeah. I got a little something on that. I got something on that as well. <laughs> who's, who's your next steal? Next steal, I got Nick Chubb, Nicholas Chubb. I'm, I've been going with this guy. Everyone who's talked to me knows that he's my guy. If I, if I got into pick six, I would take him. I took him at nine and ten in both my leagues. I think I might take him at five looking at this. Wow. I think the only guys I would, I would personally take over Chubb would be McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott and Derrick Henry. Uh, people are scared off by the Browns, and I've said this multiple times already, by the how much the Browns have on their offense. But that hasn't stopped him before. Uh, five yards per touch in his career. He's insane. 1,800 yards last year with Kareem Hunt. I don't see him being a 24-year-old third-year player getting less touches. Yeah, if Chubb's that's a beast. what people are afraid of. Mm-hmm. Chubb's a beast. I, I wish I had more shares of Nick Chubb. I play... So when we talk about stuff, we're generally going to talk half-point PPR. That's kind of the industry standard. Um, but a lot of my leagues are full PPR. That's just what the leagues I'm in happen to enjoy the most. So I don't have a lot of Nick Chubb in the full PPR just because I'd rather... 
I'd rather take passing upside, but Nick he's Chubb's best a beast, in a no standard doubt. league for sure. Yeah, but standard league, he's a steal because people not. will still take other guys before him, and he's going to be, I think he's top five running back in a standard league this year. Easy. He didn't get any touchdowns, but he did pretty pretty decent receiving last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's, he's due for some touchdown progression too. I agree. Absolutely. Good steal. My next steal is Tyler Higby, tight end of the Rams. Um, I wrote an article on him on uh, brotofantasy.com. Go check that out. But uh, tight end 10, he is ADP's 94. You can usually get him at the 6-7 turn, maybe the 7-8, depending on the league. Um, he had the most productive offensive tight end stretch in NFL history last year. People don't realize that. In those last five games, he caught 43 balls on 56 targets. Um he was absolutely insane. His his five game stretch numbers matched Jason Witten's full season numbers, and Jason Witten was the tight end twelve. On top of that, the Rams extended him during the season last year, so they showed that they're going to use him. They also showed that they're going to use a lot more twelve man um, personnel rather than eleven. That means two tight ends on the field at all times. Um, Higby is is the focal point of that passing offense from the tight end point. Uh, Robert Woods is the receiver to own in that offense, in my opinion. He's my next steal. I'll I'll just put these two together. Wide receiver twenty, ADP fifty two, uh, especially in a PPR league. You know he's he's going to get all his targets. I have him finishing as wide receiver seven this year. Um, a little aggressive, but that that offense is pass heavy. They know what they're doing. They're going to keep it in twelve. Gerald Everett's not going to steal work from Higby. Um, Cooper Cup is going to be more the, the red zone touchdown guy, he gets his his work. But once they switched to 12 personnel, Cooper Cup was on the field 66% of snaps. Robert Woods was on the field 97% of snaps. So that shows kind of their priorities in that sense. Robert Woods is a better pass blocker. He gets those jet sweeps that they run with him. Um, so Tyler Higby, Robert Woods, my last two steals. I'm all in on the Rams offense this year. I think they bounce back. I think Jared Goff has a better year. Um, I like the outlook for Cam Akers over feeling like you have to give work to Todd Gurley, who's constantly hurt, not hurt, whatever that situation is. Uh, yeah, so Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, guys to watch. Tyler Higby could be a good trade candidate for tight ends because a did, lot of people I, don't I view him that and high. Flipped him and did. I got Ingram out of that. Nice. That was an upgrade for sure. I'm not huge on Higby. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with your thought that Everett's not going to be getting much work. He was getting decent work before uh, it looks like he got injured. Um, the, your note about the 12 personnel will be good for Higby. I think the biggest, th- and I also agree that Woods will be very good this year mm-hmm. with uh, being the number one in McVay offense, even though I'm a opposite of a fan of Jared Goff. <laughs> I think the key for Higby will be who establishes themselves as the number one running back mm-hmm. in uh, Los Angeles because if they can have an effective play-action game, that's going to completely open up Higby and Everett. Uh, no team, if like maybe maybe one or two teams have the linebackers to cover them both mm-hmm. on a given play, especially if people are crashing on a play action. That's where I feel like they'll find their most success this year. Uh, I liked Higby, but I was excited to turn him into Ingram, and I'm not looking back on that. Yeah, Ingram's upside is absolutely insane. Let's just hope he can stay healthy. Uh, one final note on Everett. Um, he did come back from that injury, played two games, saw two receptions, or sorry, z- two targets, zero oh, okay. receptions. So, All right. Um, that was kind of the, the tipping point for me on Higby. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, do you have any steals left? Uh, yeah, I got one left. Cool. And this is going to be Keenan Allen. 
Keenan um, Allen. Keenan Allen. The hard knocks king. He is so low, it's unbelievable. I understand, like I said earlier, uh, talking about Hunter Henry, you know, he doesn't have a sling anymore in Phillip. Mm-hmm. Phillip's been his guy his whole career, obviously. Uh, he's going to Tyrod, who is more of a play-action type quarterback. That's the kind of offense you want with a guy like him. Uh, might be a little bit more difficult to find Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen plays on the inside. He plays on the outside. He's a top dog. Um, wide receiver 23 for a guy who over the last three years has averaged 101 catches and over 1,250 yards. Like Everyone knows who Keenan Allen is. I, I see the guys around him. They're good players. Diggs, who we mentioned before, mm-hmm. is above him. I take Allen over Diggs. T.Y. Hilton, who's a great player but can't stay on the field. DK Metcalf, who's a number two receiver in his mm-hmm. in his offense, uh, I think Keenan Allen would be a steal if you got him around fifty four, which is where it looks like he's going. Wide receiver twenty three. Then yeah. you're if he's your number two wide receiver, you're you're fine. Yeah, no, I, I like Keenan Allen's outlook this year. Question though, do you think Tyrod Taylor's the quarterback all year, or do you think Herbert takes over? So I asked my buddy at work, who is a huge Chargers mm-hmm. fan, I said, "What's the deal?" He said Tyrod's going to get the first few games. He said the most difficult games for them are kind of in the beginning to middle. Mm -hmm. His prediction was Herbert week six. Six. I've heard six. That's kind of the the mark. I think that's when um, Tyrod went out for the Browns as well, right? When Baker Baker came in week six. That sounds about right. I think. That sounds about right. But yeah. I mean, if Tyrod plays well, because I I like their offense. Mm -hmm. Eckler is with a guy like... Oh, I love Austin Eckler. Yeah. Eckler would have been my other steal if I didn't love Chubb too much. Mm-hmm. Eckler, getting him in the second round is ridiculous. Yeah, especially in a PPR. I mean, oh, he yeah. was he was running back yeah. six last year, and that was splitting touches half the season with Melvin Gordon. He was still – Eckler's insane. I got him in a hilarious trade last year. It yeah. was Chase Edmonds and Sterling Shepard for Eckler <laughs> after David Johnson went down. Hilarious. I love it. <sighs> Absolutely. Take pleasing. advantage of people who panic. When, when their players go down. Get those trades. I love that. Cool. All right. Well, hey, let's move on to bets. So we each wrote down three bets for week one, I believe, right? Yep. These are week one bets. Week one. Uh, these are team-based, spread-based, so we're moving off of fantasy a little bit. Um, my first bet is plus 265. Hot take. Here we go. The Arizona Cardinals will beat the San Francisco 49ers wow. in week one. Where's this game at? Um, it is... Shoot. You got it? I forgot. We'll find out. Keep going, though. Look, I, I'm buying into the Arizona Cardinals offense. The Cardinals running back last year was the RB3. Now, what that means is that had they had the same player play the position all season, they would have finished as the RB3. That running game is alive and well. Kenyon Drake is hungry, healthy, and he fits the system perfectly. Um, I like Kyler to take the step up. I love the D-hop effect. Um you can never sleep on Larry Fitzgerald being the third best receiver on the field. Um, Christian Kirk is interesting because he didn't do a lot with his volume last year. I know people kind of feel like he did, but he was a little inefficient. But he's still a good deep threat. Uh, he helps open up the field. And then, of course, you got the postman playing tight end. Um, he has he has a positive outlook going forward. Um, I think the Niners are high on being the team to beat even though they lost the Super Bowl I think that they come in a little lazy um and I think without a preseason I think the young 
excited. Cardinals just catch them off guard. Where's the game at? Game is in San Francisco. It is in San Francisco, um, which is even more the reason why they'd show up. You know, feeling like I don't know. You, you know, when you just get a feeling about a game, and this Absolutely. is a gambler's worst nightmare. Plus two sixty five is a decent bet. Yeah. The they're giving the 49ers seven and a half points. I think I like that a lot more than the money line. Okay. I think the 49ers are going to be top dogs again. I think they're going to finish with 12 to 13 wins again. Mm-hmm. But don't, you don't, I don't, you don't, I don't see, I don't see them stop the Cardinals stopping the 49ers running game week one. That's a uh, seven and a half is a spread. You said, yep. So you'd take the Cardinals on I the like spread. I like the points. There. Okay, sure. I like the points there. Yeah. Well, these are, these are a little bold, um, but yeah, that's my first, I also, I, I am a Giants fan, but we do live in Arizona. I do love the Cardinals, so I'm a little biased there. But it might be a little bit of wishful thinking, but, you know, that's All my right. bet. That's what, number one. My first bet's also going to be a money line. Uh, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears plus 135 against the Detroit Lions. Mm, slight dog. So, so we're three-point dogs against Detroit, a team that hasn't beat us in three years. Um, a team that Matt Nagy has actually never lost a game to. Mm. Same with Minnesota. Fun fact, 8-0 against those two guys. Um, people, you know, I've heard Lions fans talk about, oh, you guys beat David Blau last year, and then in other times I'll hear about how David Blau was such an exciting young quarterback prospect. You know, <laughs> I need to know which one it is. David Blau sucks. <laughs> he had one good throw on Thanksgiving, yep. and then everyone well, was, like, Prince, excited about him. And that was Amukamara, who was the worst player on the Bears' defense last year, getting torched. He got torched twice that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see I don't see us losing to the Lions. Um, Stafford is back. That's a little bit scary. He's always been a good player. I've never been necessarily scared of him, but our defense is back. Our defense is better than last year. We added Robert Quinn, so now we got two dogs who can get to the quarterback. And Khalil's coming, Matty Staff. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> uh, funny enough, my second bet is Detroit will cover minus three against Chicago. The three points. Yes, I think. I already I went on my rant about Detroit. I like their offense. I have them winning ten games this year. I think they win the division. Um, I'm here for the Detroit Lions. It's time finally. That is quite the take. We do have. <laughs> we are using uh, Cairo Santos as our kicker week one, who infamously went is 0 he, four, 0 for four with the Titans in a game last year. But he doesn't hit the post. But he doesn't hit the post. Yes, <laughs> we do not. We, I would like Eddie Pinheiro back, but he gets quite injured a lot for a for a kicker. The, that'll be a fun game then. We're, we we're also, directly head we to head only on that. Have, one. We only have five tight ends on the roster now. Only five. Let it be known. Okay, and you also paid Jimmy Graham a ton of money. Yes, I'm not the happiest. Hilarious. Jimmy Graham. <laughs> that is for certain. If you have Jimmy Graham on your fantasy team, do us all a favor and drop and him. drop him right now. If you're gonna do that, stash <laughs> Cole Komet. Yeah, Stash Cole Komet. I mean, I don't believe in rookie tight ends, but you have a better chance of getting production out of him than Jimmy Graham. All right, my second bet, and this one I like a lot. I am not big on Philly. Um, Wentz is not my guy. Mm. Miles Sanders is not my guy. Oh, wow. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to take the money line, but I'm definitely going to take this Washington football team plus six and a half at home against the Eagles. Interesting. Uh, They're the biggest home dogs by far. Yeah, by far. Um, Washington, I think they'll have a chip on their shoulder. They got some good young players over there. I think Gibson might show up for them. Chase Young is going to be a beast right off the bat. If you watched him in college, you'll probably agree with me. Yep. Uh, will we see a leap from Dwayne Haskins? That I'm less sure of. No, we won't. That's I'm less. Sh- I'm Absolutely less sure not. of that. <laughs> but the Eagles are not. They don't interest me. I think that. I think that the Eagles finished third in that division. Interesting. 
Who's, who's one and two? I'll take uh, the Cowboys first and, and then the Giants second. Wow, you got my boys second. All right. I'm, I'm not, here I'm for that a, take. I'm not a fan of the Eagles or the Washington football team necessarily. Um, it's worth noting that I hate the Eagles more than any team in the NFL, but I have six shares of Miles Sanders on nine teams. I love Miles Sanders. I think he has a top five potential. He does it all. They want to use him. He's going to be an every down back. I mean, Boston Scott will get some scat back work, but people who think Boston Scott is actually going to eat into Miles Sanders' work I think is silly. He's change of pace. He's a scat back. Miles Sanders won a lot of people fantasy championships last year. If you had him on the bench in the first half and you played him in the second half, he was unstoppable, and that was with still splitting carries with Jordan Howard. Um, I'm all in on Miles Sanders, but I like the cover Washington football team. Antonio Gibson, maybe. Antonio Gibson time. Going to do some I, work. I do like Antonio Gibson. I got him in a trade, and I'm excited for him. Hell yeah. I, uh, I traded him away in one league. He was my last pick off the bench. And when they cut AP, I found someone who needed a running back, flipped him for Tyler Higby. I was streaming tight ends, so I felt pretty good about that. But I may come to regret it, though, too. I mean, I'm pretty RB solid in that league, but still. Um, my third and final bet is a is this homer your bet. Lock? Is this your lock of the week? My lock of the week. Uh, yeah, count it. All right. Oh, God. Here we go. Here's the lock of the week. The New York football giants will cover plus six against the Steelers. Plus six against the Steelers, huh? For the first time in his career, Daniel Jones, and probably Eli Manning, if we're being completely honest, if he was still the quarterback, will have Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, all healthy in the same game. Now, I know Golden Tate just went down, which is sad. Saquon Barkley, also healthy. Let's not forget that he is the most talented, disputably, running back in football. I would um, say number one. I would I would say number one, too, but there is an argument for CMC, who I also love. But, More productive. Uh, we spent a lot of work on the offensive line in the offseason. Daniel Jones did nothing but figure out how to not fumble in the offseason. Everyone wants to count him out for that. Look, he's a rookie. Every rookie has a thing. You know, very few rookies come out and are just elite right away. So give him his time for his fumbles. Uh, he didn't throw a lot of interceptions. His touchdown-interception ratio was very, very good. Um, he's got all his weapons healthy. The defense, for what it's worth— Worst in the NFL last year. Got a little bit better. Not great, but a little bit better. I think the Steelers have to work off some rust. Uh, nobody's played with Big Ben. Juju spent a whole season not playing with Mason Rudolph. It's like he wasn't there. And Duck Hodges, who just sucks. But <laughs> Big Ben's back. But Hodges you know, and Rudolph were, were both pretty terrible. Yeah. Without the preseason, I don't see the Steelers coming out hot. I think they're going to have a lot of rust to break off. I think the Giants keep it close. I'm not going to say they're going to win, but I think they keep it close. I think they cover plus six, and they give me something to be hopeful for going forward. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting them a plus five right here. I like that as well. That's a, that's a decent flyer pick. Uh, Big Ben coming back is definitely scary. Uh, he, I mean, there's he's the biggest X factor possibly in the league to me week one. He took the year off, and they were a great defense, and they had a good running game, and all they had, they just had god awful quarterback play. Yeah, and somehow and they, they kept back, winning games and made the and playoffs. They went, yeah, they went what nine and seven last year. Yeah, I think nine and seven. And now they get back their Hall of Fame quarterback that they've had for the last 15, 20 years. Uh, he's the biggest X factor in the league in my mind. I personally am going to stay away from that game based on that. Mm -hmm. But Giants plus five or plus six, you're getting not a bad bet at all. Looking forward to it. What's your last one? 
my lock of the week. Lock of the week. Lock of the week. Listen, I know that the Atlanta Falcons finished out the season with four straight wins. They have a better-looking outlook this year than last year. But giving the Seahawks one and a half points against the Falcons is crazy to me. I'm hammering. I'm putting my rent. I'm taking out a loan. <laughs> I'm selling my soul on Seahawks minus one and a half against the Falcons. Wow. I got Russ in both my leagues. I overdrafted him. I think that he is the best leader in the NFL. Agreed. Um, Pete Carroll's done it. They've got Chris Carson back. They've got, I assume, Penny back. Chris Carson's getting so slept on, too. Oh, absolutely. He's so His reliable. ADP is pretty, pretty funny to me. But yeah, I think Seahawks are going to be another have another great season. They're going to be neck and neck with the Niners again in that division. I think that they, I could see them finishing second and eleven and five once again this year, making a uh, making a playoff game, winning a playoff game like last year. Seahawks are just a great team, and they were counted out last year before the season for whatever reason. Not this year. So I'm uh, I'm in on Russell Wilson. I am out on the Seahawks being a great team. And I'll tell you why. It's not because they don't have the pieces. It's because Pete Carroll will not let Russ cook. I don't understand why he continues to insist on handing the ball off 30 times a game and then asking Russell Wilson to bail him out in the wee minutes of the fourth quarter. But I have an interesting stat about the Seahawks. Let me find it here. It's somewhere in my preseason notes. Uh, bear with me. NFC West Seahawks. They were 10 and 2 in one-score games last year. One-score games are notoriously unpredictable from season to season and they always balance out. Now, this is a team that won 11 games, 11 and 5. 10 of their 11 wins were one-score games. Now, is Russell Wilson talented enough to bail out a team 10 out of 11 times? Absolutely. But can we count on it to happen again? I don't know. So I'm. I don't know about ten and two, but I was gonna say, uh, in the one score game, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is the difference. A guy like absolutely him is the difference. I believe in Russell Wilson and his talent. I just don't know if the cards are all gonna fall. I think they they had some lucky occurrences. Um, right now, I when I took these notes, they were nine and a half wins in Vegas. What did you? Is that is that still current? Nine and a half. Let's see. Yeah, because um, I took. I take the under on nine and a half wins. I I think they were, they got a lot of good things happen. A lot of things fall the way they wanted. Yeah, I'm getting nine and a half as well. I I would, I take take the the, over on that. I'd take the under. Is that our first bet of the year? I feel comfortable about 10 or 11 wins for the Seahawks. All right. First bet of the year, Seahawks win total. We'll see how that one turns out. Nine and a half? I love it. While you're there, put the Lions down eight and a half. I'll take the under. You'll take the under on, great. Lions win total, eight and a half. This will be fun. We're going to do a whole episode on this where we just go through the bets and we we go back and see what we predicted and and what happens, but I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, Cool. Now, um, let's go through just our our picks for the week. You want to just pick our winners? Sure. All right. First game, Texans-Chiefs. I got the Chiefs week one. Pat Mahomes, they're riding the high. They're the best, one of the best teams in the AFC. Same. Agreed. Uh, Jets, Bills. Uh, give me the Bills. The Jets had a decent offseason getting some defensive players, but I really love the Bills' defense overall. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills as well. I like the Jets. I think they're they're slept on. I don't think they're great. But At I, six points, I think I might take the Jets on the points there. 
Jets on the points, Bills on the money line. Packers, Vikings. Uh, Vikings at home, so I think that will be the big difference there. I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm going to take the Packers here. I think um, Aaron Rodgers has some revenge in his blood. He wants to show that taking Jordan Love was stupid and that he's worth everything he can be, and I think he comes out Green Bay is due for some regression this year. Like you said, they were probably the worst 13-3 and team I've ever seen. Agreed. Agreed. And they lose a lot of their home field advantage. That's true. With no fans. That's very true. Limited. Eagles, Washington. I'll take the Eagles in the game, I guess. But like I said, when I picks Washington, six and a half easily. I'm going to take the Eagles as well. Browns, Ravens. Oh, I love the Browns. I love what they're putting together. But the Ravens are the best team in the NFL in my eyes. Yeah, Ravens Ravens have to start hot. I got I got the Ravens over the Browns. Nine points, though. I take the Browns for nine points. Yeah, nine points is, is a great line. Colts, Jaguars. Jags are tanking. They don't even want to win the game. Nope. Give me Indy. And I believe in the Colts. Rivers will still throw two picks, but give me, <laughs> me Indy. Raiders, Panthers. I like the Panthers in that game. Uh, road underdogs. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I like their offense. I don't know who on the Raiders is stopping CMC. I'm not a Gruden fan. I'm not huge on Jacobs. He's a good player. I like Derek Carr, but they just lost their their all of their receivers are what first or second year players now. Pretty much. Rugs, Edwards, and um, Renfro. Renfro. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give me the Panthers week one. I'm taking the Raiders here. I um I think Derek Carr is playing for his job, and I don't really think that's fair because. They've never really put a cast around him that he could be successful with. But I think I think the Raiders start off a little hotter than people expect. Um, I think the Panthers were silly for paying Teddy what they paid him. He's a glorified game manager. He averages under five yards per attempt, and two of his three receiving weapons are long ball guys. That being said, I love DJ Moore this year because of that factor. So DJ Moore, CMC, obviously. Keep your shares because Teddy B is a huge upgrade from Kyle Allen. Absolutely. Where both Although of those Kyle players Allen are super productive. Kyle Allen is a Scottsdale boy. Shout out Kyle oh, Allen. Oh, is he? Scottsdale yes. boy. Kyle Allen. Uh, but I like the Raiders here. Bears, Lions. We went over that one. Give me Bears. Give me Lions. The Bears. Seahawks. Bear Falcons. Seahawks. Been over it. Um, I'm going to take... Who's home? Falcons? Falcons are at home, yes. I'm going to take Matty Ice and the Falcons. I think Julio Jones finally scores a touchdown in week one, which <laughs> never happens. Dolphins, Patriots. This one's interesting. The Dolphins are always New England's kryptonite, and now there's no Tom Brady. So I might as well just throw in, this is my hot take of the week is this game. I think week one we are going to see some Fitz magic in New England. Agreed. I think that the Dolphins can put together there's so many factors in this game that scare me uh the patriots having so many defensive players out however having the greatest coach of all time kind of helps offset what other teams might struggle with with less preparation but week one fits magic like that's when he gets it done that's week always one. when he gets it so done. if there's a week that fits magic is going to come through and i'm going to take him as my hot take it's now so i'll take the dolphins in yep. fox bro Give me, give me all the Dolphins. I'm with you on that one. That's a good one. Chargers, Bengals. Um, I love Joey B. Um, Bengals are three-point underdogs at home. I might take the points for the Bengals there, but I think the Chargers have too many offensive weapons uh, for the Bengals to keep up with. 
I'm going to take the Bengals here. Um, I think Burrow splashes in his debut. I think A.J. Green surprises people that he can still play football. Um, I think the Chargers have a lot to work out because, again, no preseason means that, you know, the rapport is not there. With Tyrod Taylor, who's been out of football for a year um, at home in Cincinnati, I'm going to take the Bengals there. Uh, Cardinals 49ers. I took the Cardinals already. I'm going to take I know the it's a hot take. I'm going to have to take the 49ers at home. Good, good pick. Probably a better pick than mine. <laughs> Bucks and Saints in New Orleans. This is a great game. This is the best game of the week. Absolutely tuning into this. I'm excited for this game. Um, the old man bowl. Saints are three and a half points at favorites at home. So neutral site would be a pick em. Interesting to note. Um, Breeze versus Brady in the same division. God, this is just so amazing. I, I want to say Tampa because I really love their offense. But I'll give them, I'll give Tampa their home game, and I'll give New Orleans this week one game. Good call. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Saints. Uh, they're actually my my Super Bowl pick for this year, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, I'm gonna take the Saints here. Um, I think the Bucks are gonna splash. I think they're gonna do well. I think they'll make a push for the playoffs. It's a tough division. They're not gonna win all the games. Saints at home, week one, returning all their valuable pieces on offense. Give me the Saints. Adding Emmanuel Sanders, I'll add. Cowboys Rams in LA. I like the Cowboys here. I'm not a I, I'm a McVay fan, but I I just Jared Goff just does not do it for me. I think the Cowboys maybe finally live up to the hype. I love C D Lamb that they added to that uh that wide receiver group. They have great they have a great offense, they have a great defense if they put it together. I'm gonna take the Rams here. Um I like the Rams offense a lot. Uh I love Cam Akers. I think he's going to be super solid. I think people are doing exactly what they did last year with, you know, is Darrell Henderson going to steal work from Todd Gurley? Is is this, is that, you know, at the end of the day, they took Cam Akers where they took him because they plan to use him. They're going to use him like they use Todd Gurley. Maybe not week one, but in the season. Um, I don't like the Cowboys as much as other people. I think they always just underwhelm everybody. The Rams will be interesting this year. I like the resurgence. I'm going to take the Rams at home in the new stadium. Steelers Giants. Um, I'm gonna take the Steelers, even though I took the spread on the Giants. Uh, I love I love the Giants. I die by the Giants. We're not gonna do a whole lot this year. We're still rebuilding. Steelers come out resurging, little rusty, but they're gonna they're gonna get the win. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Steelers as well. And lastly, we have Titans Broncos on second slot Monday night. So this game, uh, the other day I wrote down all my picks, and this was the only game that I wrote toss-up because mm-hmm. I could not choose. And since that has happened, the Titans have added Jadavion Clowney, and the Broncos have lost Vaughn Miller for possibly the entire season. Oh, I forgot that in, in news. Yeah, Vaughn Miller's toast. So Sucks. if he's out for an extended period of time, which he's obviously out for this week one game, the Broncos are... I really liked their outlook for the season, but losing their guy on defense is going to hurt. So because of those factors, I'll take the Titans week one. Yeah, and they're in the toughest division in, in football. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Titans too. I'm in on the Titans. Um, I talked about Tannehill earlier. I think Derrick Henry is still a monster. Um, I'm in on A.J. Brown big time. You know, he was wide receiver 15, and he only saw 86 targets last season. Like, I also really like A.J. Brown, his yard after the catch potential. Yeah, wide receiver 15, he only caught 56 passes. So, guy's a stud. Um, and they don't. They still don't really have anyone else. Um, 
you know, that they've added. Like, they have some other pieces. Um, I'm out on Corey Davis. I don't think he's shown me anything. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm buying the Titans. They were 9-7 and seven last year, but they were really bad when before Mariota left. Um, or, excuse me, was benched, not left. So, um, yeah, give me the Titans. All right, that wraps up our game picks. Uh, last thing we're going to do today, this is something we're going to do all year, uh, is we're going to call it the touchdown draft. And this is basically... We're going to pick one player from each conference who is guaranteed to score a touchdown in the week. And if they do, we get a point and we'll keep our points throughout the season. Now, the rules of the touchdown draft can't pick the same player two weeks in a row. You can't pick a quarterback because, duh, obviously. And um, yeah, that's that's it. Those two rules. So who is your NFC touchdown of the week? You'll see a theme with my guys. My NFC touchdown of the week, I'm going with Leonard Fournette of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Wow. I think, obviously, you're going to see some scoring in that game. Two great offenses. I think Bruce Arians is going to want to get him going. And Ronald Jones isn't getting the ball at the one-yard line. No. It's going to be Leonard Fournette, a big guy who can break a tackle. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking Fournette week one. If you have Fournette in fantasy... Try to read the matchups when you think he's going to get goal line work because I think that's where he's going to be most effective. Plug him in at your flex to do the goal line work, and hopefully he gets a touchdown or two for you. He got a lot more interesting to me when he went to the box, actually, which yeah, is I completely counterintuitive. Agree. But, um, yeah, I like him Jones for that goal stock, line work. Ronald Jones' stock just got destroyed. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my NFC pick is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, they're playing the Rams. They're going to run the ball a lot. You know, Zeke is... Zeke's a monster. He just, my guy eats, he catches passes, he runs. Um, he is the focal point of that offense, and I think that that's going to be a higher-scoring game, and I think there's no way Zeke doesn't get at least one touchdown. So that's my touchdown. Guarantee for the NFC. Who do you have in the AFC? In the AFC, like I said, there's a theme between my picks, so my AFC pick will be tomorrow night. I got David Johnson wow. hitting the end zone. Another guy running back on a new team. His head coaches want to get him going, especially Bill. Uh, yeah, especially uh, Bill O'Brien because he traded away DeAndre Hopkins to get this guy. It's true. He needs to show that David Johnson is worth something. And week one on the national stage when everyone's watching against the defending champions is when he has to do it. That's exciting. I'm glad you took um, more slept on players for this because this will make it more fun. I I try not to just take a top running back every week and and be safe. But uh, my AFC pick is the number one tight end in football it's Travis Kelsey um, I think tomorrow's a shootout game I think everyone comes out slinging and I think Travis Kelsey is Patrick Mahomes favorite target best target he's going to go there early and often Travis Kelsey's a stud he's going to catch the ball seven or eight times tomorrow and he's going to find the end zone at least once so Travis Kelsey in the AFC breaking news I just made a trade in fantasy Ooh, let's hear it everyone's telling me I got fleeced which I am totally okay with <laughs> chestnut checkers I have traded Juju Smith-Schuster, who, who you I hate. Have spoken, I am not the biggest fan of. I also, funny enough, last year around week twelve, I traded Juju for Mixon, and that mm. won me my league. Yeah. Well, if you if you traded for Mixon in the second half, you you reap the benefits there big time. So I traded Juju and Emmanuel Sanders uh, for the Saints now, who played an extra game than everyone else. He played seventeen games last year, and was wide receiver thirty. So. Not someone who I was looking to be my starter. And I got Sterling Shepard and J.K. Dobbins in return. I'm going full upside. I now have six starting running backs. Good for you. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a fleece. I mean, you're definitely 
you know, there's some risk there that, you know, that Dobbins doesn't break his way into the um, reliable every week starter type, but there's also a chance that he becomes exactly what he was drafted to be. Um, I like Shepard's upside. I like Juju still, but, you know, Shepard has upside, and, you know, if he puts together a a full season of being healthy, there's no reason why he's not a a mid-range wide receiver too, which is probably where Juju's going to end. There's a lot of guys to take those top 12 spots. I got Debo on the bench waiting in the wings too. I Mm -hmm. felt comfortable. Good. Um, And as for the other guys, who was the other piece? I I just... I'm bugging around. I got I totally uh, Dobbins and Shepard. And you gave for away. Juju and Sanders. Ah, Sanders. Yes. Uh, Sanders is, you know, at best, he's a wide receiver three. You know, we can talk about the Saints and their offense. And Sanders is a great NFL addition to that offense. But yep. in fantasy, you know, Michael Thomas, he's probably not going to see 180 targets again. But what if he does? Um, Alvin Kamara is back fully healthy. So he's going to get more of his targets back. Um, you know, Jared Cook is is the is the red zone target. So Sanders is the fourth mouth to feed in that offense. He's barely a wide receiver three. So uh, I like it for you. Who are you, who are your six running backs that you have that are starters? I got Chubb, Drake, uh, Sony Michelle, which is a little uh, you know mm-hmm. iffy. Acres, who I'm a big fan of. Yep. Uh, Dobbins, who could end up in that role? Sure. I have Malcolm Brown as well for the Rams, just to supplement Acres for the moment. Yep. Uh, McKinnon for 49ers. Interesting. And on my COVID list, I have Armstead. Okay, there you go. So I feel I pre- feel pretty solid at running back. I like it for you. I won't I won't name him, but I was texting with your commish earlier today, and he was trying to tell me that Emmanuel Sanders was a wide receiver too. Which oh, I he was, he's not happy about the trade. Yeah, no, of course not. Well, he, he wanted he, Dobbins. He did want Dobbins. He told me he, <laughs> he can have him. Oh, chestnut checkers! I love it. Him. Play fantasy the fun way. Play chestnut checkers. Um, anything else? No, that's all I got going on right now. Awesome. Uh, well, hey, this was a fun first episode. Uh, we will be coming to you next week with a recap and a preview. I'm not sure if we'll do two separate episodes or if we'll do one big long one. We'll probably break them up because it's a lot to cover. But uh, we will come to you with a recap. We'll do some start sit. We'll do some where we were right, where we were wrong, all the fun stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'd say good first episode. Thank you for listening to the Free Ball and Fantasy Podcast. And... Uh, We'll be coming back to you soon. Jackson, where can they find you? You can find me on anything. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, King Hesse, H-E-S-S-E. Hit me up if you want to talk fantasy. I'm always down. Hell yes. Uh, guys, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Michael Shizzle. You can find me on TikTok, at Mikey Shiz. If you want to follow me on TikTok, I think I'm funny. Most people don't. It's okay. <laughs> um, follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Mikey Shiz. And again, I'll plug my podcast shamelessly, The Ramblewood Podcast. It's R-A-M-B-L-E, Wood Podcast, uh, with me and my buddy Parker. We just talk about nothing for an hour. It's pretty fun. We usually get pretty drunk and just say stupid shit. So that's a good time. And uh, also go check out brotofantasy.com, where I am a writer. Like I mentioned earlier, I got some cool articles on there. I'll have more coming to you guys. Uh, But thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. See you guys. See you next week.